you look like you could use some rest. Someone said that to you recently, or maybe someone didn't say it to you, but you know, it's, you know it to be true. You've come to the right place. Sunday morning service is a good place to get some rest. Sometimes because we fall asleep and take a nap during the sermon, but hopefully because we receive a much better type of rest. The rest that Jesus offers in our text this morning. The rest that Jesus talks about in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. My wife and her three sisters ran a half marathon yesterday, and as you can imagine, after running 13.1 miles, they were a little bit tired. When they got home, they didn't really want to go outside and play tag. They would much rather sit around the table and play games or sit on the couch and watch TV. They had run hard and certainly deserved a rest after running half a marathon. Jesus talks about the rest that he has waiting for us at the end of our race too. Jesus promises us a well-earned and well-deserved rest after we've run the race of this life. Well, maybe not well-deserved, but given to us anyway by his grace and through his faith. And we look forward with joy to that time when we finally finish our rest and can lay down the burdens and the sufferings of this world and rejoice in that heavenly joy, that heavenly rest that Christ has waiting for us. We heard about that rest in our reading from Revelation, didn't we? That, that host of saints which no one could count or number, which have received by God's grace that rest and have laid down their burdens and rejoice in Christ. And in a little bit, we're going to pray as well for those whom some of us have known, who have gone before and have finished their race and are even now rejoicing in that, that love of Christ. It's this rest that the writer to Hebrews reminds us of and assures us will be ours one day in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. But there remains a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. So we do look forward with great joy to that rest that Christ has promised us, especially after the sufferings of this world. But the rest at the end of the race isn't the only rest that's important for a race, is it? If you're going to run a half marathon, it's important to get your rest the night before as well. And my wife and her sisters did make sure that they went to bed early Friday night and got plenty of rest in preparation for the big race. But it's also important that you rest during the race. That's not to say that you lay down on a bed of leaves and take a nap by the side of the racetrack. That it would not work out very well. Your time would go down quite a bit. But it is important that you learn how to pace yourself if you're going to run 13 miles. That you don't run too hard, right? That you balance rest versus a good pace. 
and in that way get some rest in your running. When I was in high school, there was a kid uh, in my class who didn't really think very much of cross-country runners. He was kind of dismissive of the whole idea. That's not even a real sport, he would say. Anyone could do that. You just go out there and run. I could do that without even practicing. In one race, he tried it. He showed up without practicing and tried to run the race. And you can imagine what happened. He sprinted right off the start line really hard, made it maybe a mile before he could barely even walk anymore and had trouble finishing the race. If we don't learn to receive the rest that Christ promises us in our text, if we don't learn to take that rest in Christ, we're going to have a hard time finishing the race that Christ has set before us. When my daughter was still in the hospital quite a bit back in 2016 and 2017, there were many times when the doctors and the nurses and her therapists reminded my wife and I that her recovery was going to be a marathon, not a sprint. By that, they were, we were telling us, of course, that her recovery was going to take not weeks or months or even a couple years, but many, many years. And we needed to make sure that we got rest as well so that we could help our daughter to recover slowly over a long period. The race that is set before us, the race of faith, is a marathon, not a sprint. If we don't take and find the rest that Christ offers us, we're going to have a hard time finishing. We're going to have a hard time keep going. But Jesus does promise us that rest in our text, doesn't he? What does our text say? I will give you rest. The word for rest that's used here in Matthew does not necessarily mean that you sit down and take a nap. It can mean that, but it could also be translated refreshment. The energy, the water that you need to keep going. We all know how those who run a marathon <coughs> will often grab one of those little paper cups filled with water or Gatorade in the stations as they pass by. They might drink it, they might even pour it over their heads to give them a little bit of refreshment, the strength they need to keep going. That's what Jesus is promising us here. That's what Jesus is talking about here. The refreshment, the rest that we need to continue the race that he has set before us. You may remember the book of Hebrews exhorts us to consider, to think about the saints who have gone before, the heroes of faith. Especially in Hebrews chapter 11, it goes through and lists many of those heroes of faith who have gone before us as an example for us. To know that no matter what we're facing and no matter how hard the race is before us, there is an end. And to know, most importantly, that Jesus, by his strength, is able to get us through. And that's what we do today. That's what All Saints Day is about. It's about remembering what Jesus has done for those who have gone before us as an encouragement, as an example to us. Hebrews reminds us to, reminds us to think of the, their example and and Paul, of course, reminds us to run the good race, to run with strength the race of faith set before us. But it's only Jesus who can give us the rest we need, without which we will not be able to finish it. We know the rest that is waiting for us when we finish this race, and we rejoice and look forward to that. But we also need to consider and come, as Jesus invites us in our text, to receive the rest he offers now. In Exodus 33, verse 14, the Lord promised Moses, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. 
We have received that same promise that the Lord gave to Moses here in this verse, haven't we? We receive it every Sunday morning in the benediction. His face, be, his countenance be lifted upon you and give you his peace. That's the same promise that God gave to Moses, that he will be with us and he will give us peace. He will give us the rest that we need for this life. <clears throat> you know, when we're children, we are told when to go to bed and when to get up and when to take a nap and when not to take a nap. But as we grow up and become adults, we have to make those decisions for ourselves. And some of us don't always make good decisions about getting rest. We think, no, I have too much to do. I don't have time to sleep at night. The problem is that that doesn't work out so well the next day, does it? If we fail to make good decisions and get the rest that we need, we're not going to be very, very productive the next day. And it turns into kind of a vicious cycle. The same thing is true about the spiritual rest that Jesus promises us. If we don't make good decisions about getting that rest that Jesus offers to our souls, we're not going to be very productive. In the Old Testament, God treated his people like children. He told them when to rest and how long. In Exodus 20, verse 10, he said, The seventh day is the Sabbath. And the word Sabbath, you remember, means rest. Is the rest of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gate. The Old Testament, he treated his people like children. This is when you will rest, and this is how long you will rest. But now in the New Testament, he has not treated us as children. He's treated us as adults. The New Testament encourages us to rejoice and remember that rest and get that rest that Jesus offers because it's very important and because we need it. But it leaves, us, it leaves it up to us to decide when and how long. Romans 14, 5 and 6. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And yet, even though the Lord has treated us as adults and even called us friends, we often act like children, thinking that we don't have time or we don't really have a need for that spiritual rest that Jesus offers. Putting it off and thinking, well, I can get that some other day. Not taking the time that our souls need to find that rest in Christ. We always have a good excuse, don't we? We always have a good excuse why, well, we don't have time for that. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I have to do this. I have to do that. I don't have time for God's word. I don't have time for Sunday morning service. We always have a good excuse. But the problem is, no matter how good our excuse is, it's not going to change the fact that we desperately need that rest that Christ offers. You can make all the excuses you want why you have to stay up at night to get things done. It's not going to change the fact that the next morning, you're going to be very tired and have difficulty getting things done. The same thing is true about our spiritual rest in Christ. Jesus tells us, he invites us, come to me and I will give you rest. This is a gift he wants us to have because he knows how badly we need it. We should not put it off. Yesterday, one of the members said, and I'm paraphrasing them so I hope I don't misrepresent them, but they said that, you know, I felt like I had more time in my day when I was studying God's Word. That's contrary to the way we think, isn't it? We usually think, well, I'm too busy to study God's Word. 
But this one member at least found that when they took the time to find that rest in Christ, to study his word, they actually felt like they had more time in the day. Luther said something very similar as well. Luther said uh, that I'm so busy, I have so much to do, that I'm too busy not to pray. Again, that's backwards to the way we normally think. We usually think I'm too busy to pray. I'm too busy to set aside a time for the Lord. But Luther said, no, I'm too busy not to pray. And he was talking about at least an hour of prayer a day. The rest that Jesus offers for our life here is something we desperately need, the refreshment that he offers us here. Our life in Christ, our life of faith, is not a, mar- is not a sprint, it's a marathon. We need to learn to take advantage of this rest that Christ offers. And Jesus does indeed give us rest. Jeremiah 31.25 For I have satiated the weary soul, and I have replenished every sorrowful soul. He is the only one who can do this. We can't find the rest that our soul needs anywhere else. John 4.14, he talking to the Samaritan woman, he reminds us, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Again, Jesus promises that refreshing water of life that we need to continue the race he has set before us. Here we have come to Jesus, haven't we? Here we have come to the only place where we can receive rest for our souls. Here we have come to the place where we don't need to worry, as the women were talking about yesterday in their Bible class, we don't need to worry about being enough. That's a burden that we carry most of our lives, making sure we are good enough. A good enough spouse, a good enough worker, a good enough father, a good enough mother. Here we don't have to worry about being enough. Jesus has come to save sinners. We're not enough, we know that, but it's okay. Jesus came to save sinners, adulterers, liars, thieves, even tax collectors, and yes, even people named Matthew. Jesus has come to save us. We don't have to worry about being enough. We can take that rest in Jesus, that rest of knowing that he has come to save me. Here we have come to Jesus. Here we have come to the Jesus who gives us the rest of not having to work. Here we have come to the place where we don't have to work hard one day and harder the next day in order to make sure we're earning enough. Because what Jesus gives us here, he gives freely by his grace, without any work on our part or without any payment. We can lay aside that burden of, I've got to do this or I've got to do that, and accept instead the free grace of Jesus Christ who forgives our sins and gives us his salvation. Here we have come to Jesus a place to receive rest for our souls. Sunday morning is, Sunday morning worship service is a good place to find rest. Hopefully not the kind of rest that means you nod off during the sermon and start snoring and your spouse has to poke you in the ribs, although that happens sometimes. Hopefully instead the rest that Jesus offers here in our text, the rest for our souls, a better rest than that. We will look forward with great joy to the day when we finish our race and can set aside all our burdens forever. But in the meantime, we come to Christ in Sunday morning service and in daily devotions to receive that refreshment, that rest our souls need. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Amen.
The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.